This is Mind Booster Podcast. In times like these, we need a mind booster. Today, listen to yours truly, Vanessa Osborne, as I share with you the power and excitement in showing value to God, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Christ. We should daily illustrate God's work to us. This is also called worship God in our lifestyle. Being inspired to worship God. Being inspired to worship God is a very key and foundational aspect of being a Christian, of being a Christ child, of being a believer in Jesus Christ. We must be inspired. We must be driven. We must be motivated to worship God. And as you can see, I have six aspects of worship that we're going to talk about today. Number one, discipline of worship. Number two, worship mindset. Number three, why worship God at all? Number four, who is worth more, God or human beings? Number five, godliness through worship. And number six, your new worship habits. And these are the aspects we're going to cover where it says discipline of worshiping God. And of course, worship, and many of you have heard this before, just really means worship. Worship, W-O-R-T-H. Show worth, value to you, how you treat uh, God. How do you treat the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you treat the Holy Spirit? And all three are God, three in one. How do you treat them? How do you show value? What's valuable to you? So worship is something that we're going to spend the rest of our time describing and how it relates to God, how it relates to us. But when we, when you see the word worship from now on and forever, think about show value. You elevate something really high. It's so important to you. You set it apart, which is the word holy, distinct from everything else that you have in your house, in your being. It's set apart, it's elevated, it's worth a lot. And you treat it a specific way because of its worth. And so we have today private worship and public worship. In the private worship, that is worship in your own space that you've selected and you worship in your house, your car, in your mind. You, you can shout out in your house or car, your work. It's what, where you in your private space uh, in the bathroom and, and you are showing work to God. Publicly, worship is called our church attendance or group gatherings where it's more than just you more than one person is involved because you're publicizing, you're showing work to God with someone else. So it's at least two people or more in which you have this public. Public meaning is just more than you. Private is just you orchestrating this worship between you and God wherever you happen to be. So what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10 is when he was in the wilderness in his 40-day fasting, being tempted by the enemy, he told Satan in chapter 4 of verse 10, he said, Satan, you need to get out of here. And then he said something interesting that rivets throughout the scriptures. He said, you need to worship only the Lord and obey him only. So in the Old Testament, almost every book except for Esther talks about worshiping God and obeying him. And so here, Jesus Christ, when the enemy is tempting him, and he's tempting him because the enemy wants Jesus Christ to worship the enemy. 
Satan. Satan wants Jesus to worship him. And Jesus says, he said, the scripture says, and he's talking the scriptures, the Old Testament, all of it, talk about you should only worship the Lord God, that's God the Father, only. And then he says, obey him. And so he said, the only work we should be showing, the only thing we should really be valuing is not in comparison to you, is God. And God is Jehovah, Yahweh, and obey him. And then the psalmist said something that um, in the King James Version I learned, and I love when it says in Psalms 150, verse 6, he said, let everything that hath breath praise, elevate, worship, in essence, the Lord. And then he says, you praise him. And uh, I think it's TLB, it says, let everything alive give praises to the Lord. And you, you and you, you praise him, lift him up, worship him. Because praise is an aspect, key aspect of worship, because you're thankful and you're showing again that great value. So praise is how you orchestrate your worship, is one of the key ways you orchestrate your worship. It's a pathway to your worship is the words that you say in elevating something you value. And for us, that is God. And you can see that you can worship God through song, through writings, through dances, other forms. We're going to talk about the other forms later. And then it shows the worth, the greatness of God, the creator of the universe. Luke chapter one, we're going to listen to, just give you a backdrop. So Mary... A nice little virgin girl, probably 16 years old, gets visited by the angel Gabriel. And then he visits her and tells her, okay, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And so you're getting someone to tell you, make an announcement. You're not pregnant. You're supposed to be married to someone. And then this angel, and you haven't, there's no information that she had a visit from an angel before. And so he announces you're going to be with child. The worst thing in that time, and maybe even sometimes this time today, that you can announce to someone that's um, engaged to someone else that you are going to be pregnant by someone else. And so that has to be, if you think, uh, especially ladies, if you think about you're engaged to your husband that you're currently married to, but you're engaged and then someone comes and tell you that's angelic, comes to you at day or night and says, okay, Yes, I know you're engaged to whomever, but you're going to have a baby by someone else. And that someone else is of the Holy Spirit, Some that is not a form that you can recognize or even know. And that has to be a shock to your system. But in Luke chapter, once, she, once Mary got grips to what the angel was saying, then she coins this praise, if you will, worship statements. So what she's doing is she fabricated this praise this communication to God the Father based on the information that she got from the angel of her going to be pregnant. So this is real important to know. So God has told you you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have the son. He's going to be superior to anything on the earth. So that's really special. And so she bought into that. She bought into all of it. She believed it as opposed to Zechariah, which is John the Baptist's father, which who didn't believe that he was going to have a son. So and him having a son, Zachariah, was more uh, tenable than Mary because she was having a son without having a man present. So this was more than miraculous for her. So we look at Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 50. So let's just dissect Mary's conversation with God. 
starting back over. She starts off by saying, I praise the Lord. This again is that elevation showing value to Yahweh. You have a diamond. If you look, those of you that have these big diamonds and you know how when you are engaged and people want to show the value and your friends come around you, at least my friends would do that. And I may not know that they're engaged. And so they would, you know, flash their hand in front of my face because I'm, you know, you don't always look down at people's hand. And they, they want to make sure I see the rock that's on their finger that was given to them by their potential husband. And so they want me to know this diamond is of great value. And so they would raise their hand to my face. And so what she's doing is God to her is of great value. Just think about she's praising God when he announces you're going to be impregnated. Uh, and she's not understanding all of what that impregnation means, but she accepted it. And she says, I praise you, Lord. And then in verse 47, she said, and I rejoice. So she not only elevates him, then she says something interesting. I rejoice. To us, that means I'm really happy. Now, how many of you, when you were pregnant, <laughs> were really happy like that? Of course, we were happy because uh, many of you, you know, you know, you know the father. She don't really know the father. <laughs> she don't know anything. She haven't been given a lot of information, okay? But look at how she trusted God and believed in the promises of God, the information she was given. She haven't seen a man. She haven't seen the baby. Just based on her faith and belief in this angelic uh, relationship communication, she goes off and gives this kind of elevated show value and worth to God. And then she rejoiced. She said, I praise you, first of all, and I rejoice in God. And she said something, my Savior. So she recognized God is the Savior, saving Israel. And she's so happy she's pregnant from an unknown source, but she's ecstatic. She's ecstatic and she writes it. And then she, she explains why she writes it. And this is why she shows the value because you don't know that right off. But then she expresses why she values Yahweh. A, she says, because he took notice of this lowly servant girl because Mary is from a poor family. And we know this subsequently when Jesus is born that her and Joseph gave two doves. And in the Old Testament, you know, if you gave two doves, you were poor because otherwise when you come to the temple, you would give a cow, a calf, or a goat, something bigger, but they only had two two turtle doves to give to um, when Jesus Christ was born. We know that she says, I'm a lowly servant girl. So that's the first thing that she sees, she shows value. And B, she says, now from generation, generation and forever, everybody's gonna call me blessed. For a long time, people are gonna be talking about what has happened to me. And we know this is true because the Catholic church all of that happened because they've elevated and still do over centuries, over thousands of years now, Mary. And so she says, she says, now generation after generation forever should call me blessed. And this is all because I'm chosen, picked to have this impregnation. And so that's part B. Part C, she says, the mighty one has done great things for me. Now she says, I'm impregnated. This is a great thing. So she shows value. She said, this thing that's happened to me is phenomenal. This is so ecstatic, so great. And she's so excited. Then indeed, she says, he has mercy. His mercy goes on from generation to generation. So then she talks about his mercy. So she's valuing the mercy of God. 
And then E, she says, to all who reverence him. So it's not only the mercy of God from generation to generation, but she said mercy of God to everyone who reverence him. This is global. See, initially, all of what you hear in Matthew in particular that talks about Jesus Christ is about the Jewish people. Then she says everyone. It starts to go global. Everyone that reverence God is going to see his mercy from generation to generation. So she respects God. She honors God with her lips through these scriptures. She's praising God, showing the value. And of course, it continues with the rest of that. She moves on beyond that. And you can read it later. But I just wanted to show you how Mary, before she had Jesus the baby, had spent time elevating, showing the value and the worth of God in her prayer, in her songs, considered a song by many, her song of praise, her song of worship to God. And basically, A, again, she's a lowly servant. And B, she said, forever, every generation is going to call me blessed. And C, it's because the mighty one has done great things for me. And D, she said, this mercy is going to go on from generation to generations for us. And then she said, E, it's going to go on to anybody who reverenced God. And so again, she's showing tremendous value uh, in God for what he has done for her. And so we look at that and we say, wow, Mary's prayer, Mary's praise, Mary's showing worth to God is very, very powerful. And we said, okay, that's well and good. So uh, let's look at ourselves. What is our state of mind when we worship God? What's, what's, what are you thinking? What is your thinking when you worship God? Uh, and so that's something that each one of us have to ask ourselves when you worship God, when you show value to God, those points in your time and your day that you set aside or you show value to God only on Sunday, or maybe you show value to God on Tuesday and Sunday. But again, whenever you show value to God, it's initiated in your mind. It's your thinking, whether it's public or private. And there are several aspects of our worship. And we're going to talk briefly about them but someone turned to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, Paul saying, whatever you do, and the same in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, he says it's actually the same thing, but it's a different circumstance. So the context of Paul talking in Colossians is he's saying, whatever you do, because they were doing various things, he said, just do it all to the glory of God. And then and Paul talking to the first letter in Corinthians it was about eating and drinking because they were contesting about people eating food offered to idol. And then Paul says, it's not about eating and drinking, but everything you do should be to elevate God. And that's what glory God, to elevate God, to worship God, to show his value, to show his worth. And with that, when you're singing to God, if you're looking, you can sing to God in church. You can sing to God at work. You can play in your play. You can sing to God. I mean, have you ever gone to when you hear a song over and over in your head and you're singing it out when you're in public with other people, sometimes even at a restaurant? It's because it's in your heart, it's in your mind. You start see, you start singing or saying uh, certain things when you're at your playtime, when you're at home, anywhere. So again, singing to God is one aspect of showing work. When you're singing songs and spiritual songs, as the scriptures say, in your heart. And so number two, you're praying to God. That shows your worship, showing work to God. You're communicating 
with God. You're communicating with Jesus Christ, who is God. You're communicating with the Holy Spirit, who is God. So you're singing praise to God. You're praying to God. You're dancing to the glory of God. And we see this in the liturgical dancing in churches today. But this is just recent in the 21st century. We got popularized. But in the old church, way old, back in um, Judaism, they danced all the time. You can see David dancing to the point that one of his wives was jealous. So dancing to the glory of God is very common in, in the ancients. It's, it lost its flavor in the 20, 19th century, and then we picked it up again in the 21st century. So a lot of the contemporary churches have some level of dancing to the glory of God. And the key aspect here is dancing to the glory of God. Not to say you can't dance to your own glory, but to spend time you just jumping and leaping like the man at the gate, beautiful, and I have jumping down here at number five, to the glory of God. And then number four, I have praising to thank and appreciate God for all the good things in your life. There are some horrible things that's happened to you. God knows they have. And, and sickness, death, um, depression, and just insufficiencies, your self-esteem is being attacked. God knows all that. But he says in the scripture to be thankful and praise him always, all the time. In this letter to 1 Thessalonians, Paul reminds us of that in chapter 5. We need to always be thankful and appreciate God. And where do we need to do this? In church, work, play, home, anywhere. Always praising God. Always communicating to God through prayer. And if you can't sing and dance, do that too. Jumping. And I love that in Acts with a guy. He was crippled. And, and, and Peter and, um, I think it's Peter and John said that, or Peter and James. Peter for sure. He said, jumping, and, he, and they touched the guy. He said, uh, leaping and jumping and praising God. And they made songs after that. Because you're jumping to praise the Lord, to be thankful for what he's done for you. And sometimes I've seen people in church, of course, they run around jumping and leaping. And you don't know why they're jumping and leaping, because it's within their own mind why they're jumping and leaping to praise and show value to God. And some people journal. They write to honor God. They write poems or they write whatever that happened to their day. And it's something I started at 17. I wrote, uh, it was called... Um, a quiet time. That was a big in that time. It's called a quiet time. A quiet time, you read a couple of scriptures and you write about what the Spirit of God speaks to you. So I did a lot of writing uh, from teenage. I never had a diary, but from 17, I started this quiet time journaling. And journaling is another way you can honor, elevate, show value to the relationship you have with God. Number seven, speaking about God. Talking about God at appropriate moments, on the plane, at work, at the appropriate moment. And when you're around your family and even when sports are on, just speaking, showing the value, the importance that God has in your life and working for God. Just as we said, everything you do, you're always working for God. And all these are acts of worship. You're working for God in your profession, when you're working out in the garden, when you're working in your house, when you're working everywhere you go, you are working for God, sleeping for God, your dream state. Your dream state is important. You can worship God in your dreams. That's one of the key prayers. I used to have bad dreams as a kid. And I said, Lord, control my dreams. And I, and I would pray just before, and God has orchestrated over the decades that even in my dreams, he's there. So you worshiping God, showing work to God, even in your sleep state. Number 10, you show how you value God. Number 10 isn't like other. It's how do you value God in your own personal life? How important is God to you? How do you elevate God 
in your own daily routine in your mind. What does your mind think about God's work? And what do you think about God in terms of priority in your life, in your church, in your work, in your play, at home, and anywhere that you go? What is the state of mind? What is your mindset in public when you worship God at church? What are you thinking about when you're in church and it's worship, it's prayer time? What do you think about when the people are singing songs to God, when they're um, preaching the word of God? Where are your thoughts? What's your mindset of showing work to God? Are you thinking about what's happening at home, what the kids are doing, what you, where you're gonna eat afterwards? What is your mindset? And this is something that we all have to come to grips to. This concludes a Mind Booster podcast on your valuables, worship. Go to PrayTube.net to listen to the entire series and to receive free resources associated with each podcast teaching.